Hey there, fine townsfolk. Just chiming in before today's episode to let y'all know that this will be the final episode of Random Encounters. The numbers haven't boomed enough for us to keep up production, so we've decided to put this bad boy to bed. To those of you who listened to us, thank you so much. We genuinely do appreciate your joining us on this journey. And if there's a much bigger audience out there that we just don't know about who really needs this podcast weekly, please write in, let us know. With enough of a response, we could very easily be convinced to continue this endeavor. Regardless of how it turns out, we do very much want to thank those of you who did listen to us. We did this for you, and we are glad to have been a part of your weekly listening schedule. Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And here we are again to talk another random monster from a random monster manual. This week we are on 4th edition, it's been a while, 4th edition manual number 1 for Dungeons & Dragons, page 145, another third tier monster for for Dungeons & Dragons, a neighbor of the Grell in environment and alphabet. Matt, you might get this one, maybe, I don't know. You didn't have the name of the gibbering mouther last week, so so you may not have the name of this one off the top of your head, but we're gonna we're gonna give it a shot here. Worm-like dungeon dwellers that hunt in packs, these are unnaturally tough and highly resistant to damage. And I'll give you that that's not very helpful, but I will give you the picture here. You've definitely seen that thing before. I don't know if I have. No? Wow. I guess I've been oversaturated by D D. This is a Grick. A Grick. Vaguely familiar in terms of the name, but yeah. I don't recognize the, the image. It's a medium. The plain Grick is, the Grick Alpha is large. Okay. Great big wormy serpentine thing with a beak at the end with tentacles, four tentacles around the beak, suckers on the tentacles, and the tentacles end in these vicious looking claws. So with a DC 15 knowledge dungeoneering check, a Grick attacks viciously when its nest is threatened or when it's hungry. And it's always hungry. Accustomed to hunting in packs, Gricks are much more dangerous when they flank prey. And for a 20 you get, if prey becomes too scarce in its preferred terrain, a Grick hunts above ground at night, always returning to shelter before the bright light of the day burns its tiny eyes. Okay. Now these I find... I think remarkable is too strong a word, but these I found interesting because in general, it it feels like most of the stuff that we encounter underground, under dark or or wherever, are generally solo creatures. These you will find as a pack. I think the hook horror was a a pack hunter, but beyond that, yeah, I was just. I was just thinking that as I was saying it, I was like, wait a minute, the hook whore. Some sample encounter groups, one Grick Alpha and three Gricks, and then two Dire Sturges for a level eight encounter, a level nine encounter, two Grick Alphas, a Gibbering Mouther, two Foul Spawn Berserkers, and a Foul Spawn Mangler. So yeah, you will you'll be fighting several of these things at a time, and they yeah. definitely get a bonus for it. They are expert flankers, which means they gain a plus two bonus to attack rolls 
against an enemy it is flanking. Traditionally, flanking gives you a plus two to your... Oh, wait, no. No, that tracks. That tracks. I thought it was the damage. So I guess it's an additional plus two on top of it. I would say if you're calling it an expert flanker, then probably. Yeah. I got so confident that it was bonus to the damage as well. Unless most animals just don't get flanking. Is that it? I would imagine that's the case. So so this this actually does benefit from flanking. The Grick itself, medium aberrant beast, is a level 7 brute. AC of 19, HP of 96. It resists 5 against anything that targets AC. Cool. So it's super, super crazy resilient. It's, yep. it's basically a barbarian in terms of damage reduction here let's just hope that that you've got a a decent caster or something or and at at level seven i mean i mean how much is your barbarian or your rogue or something going to be doing anything with some additional attacks well i mean when it comes to to 4e all sorts of stuff i i mean the the rogue will be doing stuff against reflex and and all all of that so oh that's true so maybe maybe it's not that drastic with with the the video gamification of of 4e but that's an important aspect so let's look at its its other resistances i guess so it's got it's the ac of 19 fortitude of 19 reflex is down to 14 and then will is 15 i thought i would i would expect this to have a higher reflex to be honest yeah a speed of 6 climb of 4 it has a single attack standard at will plus 10 versus ac which does 2d6 plus 4 damage and an ongoing 5 damage save ends so it's it's just like a bleed effect i guess yeah that makes- but every time it hits I would say that that goes into effect. So even if you save out of the first time it hits you the next turn, it's going to be doing the same thing. Exactly. And that damage hits on that ongoing damage hits on the start of your turn. You can't save against it until the end of your turn. I wouldn't make them stack though. I don't think would you for per hits. That's, that's pretty nasty. Make it a, a 10. Yeah, it's pretty nasty, especially if you're looking at these sample encounters where they have so much other stuff to deal with as well. Right, that's true. But I wouldn't make it stack on the same Grick doing that attack. But say that level 8 encounter, that has three Gricks. Would you make each of those hit? I mean, yeah. Why not? It's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. I suppose it depends. That is something that I would use... GM's discretion. At my discretion, exactly, yeah. Yeah. So Grick tactics. Gricks are pack hunters, as we know. They instinctively gang up on prey, mobbing a single target and tearing it to pieces before turning their attention to other creatures nearby. Gricks naturally try to flank a foe. Yeah, makes sense. Then we've got our Grick Alpha, which is a level 9 brute leader, large aberrant beast, initiative of plus 5, HP of 116, AC of 21, Fortitude of 22, Reflex of 17, Will of 18. Has that five against effects that target AC again. Speed of seven, Climb of four. Tentacle Rake, Reach of two, because it's a large. Plus 13 versus AC, 2d8 plus five damage. Target is grabbed until they escape and takes an ongoing five 
damage. Hmm. Then a standard at will because of that grab, we have it can only affect a grabbed target, automatic hit, a D8 plus five. That's nasty. If, That's substantial, yeah. If you can't break out of that, auto hit. Although that is, it's standard action. So it reduces hitting and grabbing anyone else. But still, you grab that thing, you focus, and you burn it down. That That is what a Grick does. Exactly, yeah. You go until it's dead, and then you move on. Yep. Has expert flanker again. It gets that plus two bonus to attack rolls that it's flanking. Has pinning grip. The Grick's allies gain a plus two bonus to attack rolls against an enemy grabbed by this creature. So if, say, a standard Grick is attacking the thing that the Grick Alpha has grabbed, maybe the option to flank doesn't exist anymore because it's in the same space, or I don't know the mechanics there, but that plus two still exists. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, obviously, it ties right into the whole lore mechanic of... You're just going to burn this thing down, mm-hmm. eat it, and then move on to the next thing. It's it's very, almost like a plague yeah. going across the plains. You know, you've right. you got locusts that are just going to stop. They're going to destroy this patch and move on to the next mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. Yeah. For Grick Alpha Tactics, they make a tentacle rake attack and grab onto its prey, biting the creature on its subsequent rounds while using Pinning Grip, which is the plus two, Mm -hmm. to allow allied Gricks to rip the grabbed creature to shreds. Yeah, it is. These things are expertly, evolutionarily honed to dispose of something as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's, it's terrifying. They're like tremors, but with a little bit more... A little less primal instinct, I think. There's a lot... There's Looks like there's some more intelligence or something within these. Yeah. Over the, the millennia, they have learned to work together to be the most effective killing machines. Exactly. You know, and they're not the size of the Tarasque, so they can't just plow through things. They have to work together and group up, and, and it seems like they do it very well. Yeah, it's like a pack of wolves almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You let the alpha go in and... And get a hold of it, and then everybody just descends. Yep. So an escape attempt is, I'm assuming, just like an opposed strength or whatever. But at level 9, oh, this thing's strength is a 20. Okay. Yeah, which is plus plus 9? That can't be right. It says plus 9. 20 plus 9. That can't be right. That's not the numbers that I know, so that must be buffed up. Grick specific. Yeah, going out of the book, it's if any strength check, it's got a plus nine. Yep. That's nasty. That is really, really nasty. Presumably, your weenie guys are never getting involved in that. Presumably, it's your barbarian or your fighter who gets picked up by this thing and not your wizard. But if your rogue is in the thick of things and gets picked up, chances are their strength isn't terribly good. True, but if you think about it, in general, yes, your barbarian's going to run in first, and the way these things attack, they will be attacking the the leader or the mm-hmm. alpha of your party as well. Sure. However, there's nothing saying that they're going to go for the guy in the front to begin with. Right. Depending on how the fight unfolds, sure, I guess so. Maybe they wait and they pick off the wizard at the back instead. Yeah, especially because... In those sample encounters, it's not just Gricks. That's true. So maybe the Gricks are waiting in the shadows when the dire Sturges attack and distract 
the main fighters, the Grix, move in. Because like a pack of wolves, they know what is weakest and easiest to pick off first. Absolutely. I would try to play it a little bit more that way as opposed to just a throw them at everything and mm-hmm. see what happens. Like yeah. Try to be a little bit more intelligent about it. Try to think a little bit more like a pack animal. Yeah. Int we <laughs> int is a is a two so it's a plus oh. plus zero okay but wisdom is a 15 but like we've said wisdom is not what do we say wisdom is is like inherent knowledge is wisdom is instinct yes you know so they're so they're not like talking and planning they know what works and they do it and they do it well exactly and i guess i guess that makes sense yeah they're not coming up with a plan on the fly necessarily but they are harnessing the surrounding. So maybe the Sturges throw the party into a tizzy and they see who is worse off and they can target who is worse off. Mm-hmm. You know, if they see the barbarian, it's just slicing these things to ribbons, then maybe their inherent knowledge of self-preservation says, we're going to go for the thing that seems a little bit more bothered by these. Right. Yeah. Let's make the best of a bad situation. Let's rip this thing to shreds and, and get the heck out of here. Correct. Yeah, so so they go for the screaming, squealing wizard who really only takes two rounds to tear apart. But we're thinking if the alpha's involved, level nine. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, you've got plenty of spells and abilities by nine in 4E. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. So the wizard is not, it's not a 3-5 wizard. It's not, I have four spells and I've used half of them for the day, so I'm in trouble. It's, I'm sure they've got mage armor and mirror image and repulsion and all sorts of stuff to really put up a fight. So the idea, the initial, in my mind, idea of sending this pack at the wizard first feels very cruel, feels like you're targeting and and you you genuinely want to just tear down your player, but maybe not. Maybe not in in 4th edition. I don't think I played a spellcaster in 4e. But I know that at the end of that first tier, 8, 9, 10, around there, as a rogue, I had a stack of power cards. So I, I can't imagine that the, the wizard would be wanting. You're probably right. And honestly, it might be even worse for the Gricks because you're looking at probably a lot of focused damage and things of that nature that, mm-hmm. that targets more than AC. Yes, very true. So it, it'll break through that. Yep that resistance that they have. And I remember having one of the the things I love about 4E is having all sorts of manipulation things, movement that would uh, affect their, or that would attack their, their reflex, you know? Yep. So something that would cause the wizard to move the Grick away from them or spells that combined spells or abilities that combined casting something doing doing an attack doing something and then being able to move in the same turn and then still having your move action to use gotcha so there were there were all sorts of combinations and things that you could kind of synergize and really work to your advantage given the particular instance that you you find yourself in so now that i think about it straight out of the book my memory of 4e i would I, I don't think I would have any qualms because I would love to see how the wizard could play 
itself to get out of this situation. Correct. And and then how the how the other players in the party could use their manipulation to push or pull or shove or whatever that Grick away from the wizard to therefore protect him. Yeah, there's a lot more to it than just sit there and fling spells or sit mm-hmm. there and try to find the best location to hit something if you're the rogue. Right. We've gone on and on about how good 4E was in terms of a lot of different things. Yeah. And all this does is make me actually want to play a 4E game. I missed it completely. Right, yeah. You didn't get in until 5, yeah. Exactly. So the Grick compared... Let's compare the Grick to last week's, to the Gibbering Mouther. Both both underground creatures. Yep. Both kind of relatively close level encounters. The Gibbering Mouther was a 5. The Grick is a 7 or 9. What would you, as a DM, like throwing against your players more? The Gibbering Mouther is a solo. Grick is going to be a, a pack experience. Hmm, that is... Not to say that the Gibbering Mouther wouldn't have other critters around it in the encounter, you know? Sure. Like, say, some Sturges or, or Ropers or something, and, and they all just kind of happen to be convening at the same time, yeah. In the same area. I like the Gibbering Mouther's innate abilities Mm -hmm. those mechanics yeah like we talked about it last week it's because it basically just does a bite attack it has so many other things you can do to make that encounter memorable Mm -hmm. however a pack of gricks descending upon you is also quite memorable i yeah i would say so you know and, and they're not without their own abilities right yeah they're much more streamlined and simplified and Perfect. They're like the like the xenomorph. They are they're a killing machine. They are designed to kill and they do it well, and that is what they will do if you encounter one. Perfectly evolved creatures, yeah. 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 So I would probably have to go with the Grick just because of the I mean, there is a little bit of a battlefield manipulation to it there mm. because you're looking at more than just one creature. And you you have a pack of them descending, then you can do a lot more in terms of moving the, the party around or yeah. trying to separate them. And I guess throwing more at the party to see what they can do as well. Yeah. Really, their only tactic is flanking. So that does have a decent amount of battlefield manipulation for the Gricks needing to get into place. But also, how much is your party going to do to counteract that maybe counteract that you know like back up against a wall or keep using a move that shifts them one square so they're not perfectly flanking and they don't get that bonus exactly it's not cobalt pack tactics where they just need an ally within five feet of the creature they need to be flanking it is on either side yeah and that's even without the grapple that they have as well right so that's that's something extra you'd have to deal with and i would try to do that as quickly as possible oh yeah I see an appeal for both. I really genuinely do. Like you said, those mechanics for the gibbering mouth there seem like a lot of fun, especially because chances are your players wouldn't know some or, or maybe even all of them. So it would be that has more of the, oh crap, what's it doing now feel to it. Yep. Whereas the Grick is really just a tank and spank and really try to try to prevent the most amount of damage from happening while they are in direct confrontation with the thing that is trying to do that max damage as quickly as possible. Correct. And I keep getting the image of a pack of raptors just heading down on, on prey. 
Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the difference between a horror movie and an action movie, basically. Yeah, Alien versus Aliens. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I really like it. I think there's an opportunity to have a, maybe not a full storyline, but like there there could be like a colony of these things underground or something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe you have to infiltrate that. Maybe it's something along the lines of you go to a, a farmer and it just, there's things that are, are stealing his, his cattle. Right. Something it's, along those lines. And you have to go in and try to infiltrate this and remove the threat. Yeah, it's it says in there that if, if they eat everything in their area, they will go above ground at night. Exactly. So maybe maybe you, you're seeing that. You come upon a town where that's happening. It's the standard, oh, I'm traveling here. Oh, this town is a quest for me. I'll, I'll take care of this before I move on kind of thing. Yeah, maybe it's not necessarily as simple as cattle or, or farm animals. Maybe they're okay with the occasional farm animal disappearing because, hey, it's a scary fantasy setting and that kind of stuff just happens. That's the life, yeah. That's the life. You know what? You have extra cows because you know you're going to lose like four of them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. You, you account. But it's when people start going missing, that's the scary mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, that the standard weekly or, or yearly or monthly sacrifice that they've been doing of leaving livestock outside of this cave entrance clearly has has not been enough to start appeasing and the, the Grick colony is starting to grow and they, they need more. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you actually you feeding these things have caused oh, them to yeah. to grow and to become dependent so that now maybe they're not going out in other directions to to look for food anymore. Mm. They are just kind of terrorizing your town. Yeah, you've proven you've proven this town to be a, a valuable source of food, so of course they're going to they're going to take it. I think there's a greater lesson in here. Don't don't feed strays. Don't. That yeah, <laughs> yeah, nailed it. You feed it, they'll keep coming back. That's right. Exactly. Don't put kibble out for the cat, the local outdoor cat, because you will eventually have to adopt it. Exactly. And deworm it, and, and the grick will pee it. all over your the side of your house. You cannot, you cannot house train a grick. Oh Lord, no. If there's anything I've learned, it's that. No, you just instead of a water bottle, you just shine a, a flashlight. Yeah, size. right. A really just a, a big mag light. Yeah, you just shine it. Yeah, it hisses and then goes back into its cave. Yeah, you can get it. You can get pretty decent caves at, at Petco, though. So I mean, there is that. <laughs> what can't you get? <laughs> All right, Matt. How how many xenomorphs would you give the Grick? I would go with a five xenomorphs okay. for the Grick. Yeah. In the realm, in the mindset of 4E, it feels like a very fun encounter to run. Yes. Against your sure. players. Yeah, I have to imagine they they built a lot of these creatures or modified, I guess, a lot of these creatures to fit that specific system mm-hmm. so that they they were able to ensure that encounters were built that revolved around action and around, you know, like you said, battlefield manipulation and things like that on both sides. Yeah. So it's no surprise that this almost seems like the the gold standard of that. Yeah, it's it is definitely action I think is the best way to describe how I felt 4E encounters went. There's there's always something more to do than just hit because it's it's very rare that you you don't have an ability that will do something more. Sure. Disadvantage, taunt, manipulate in some way hinder in some way yeah 
And these are the simpler the thing you're fighting, the easier it is for you as the player to take advantage of everything in your your arsenal. It's not so much that you are reacting to the stuff that is being thrown at you because this thing just wants to eat you, period. Yeah, exactly. There's no even possibility of role-playing your way out of this. Yeah, and it's not every other turn, it's not pushing you toward the chasm. So it's not like you need to keep moving away this way or this way. Like you, you can burn every spell that you have to manipulate and tweak this thing as much as possible. Correct. So yeah, it's every now and then you need just a good killing machine. And I think this is a good instance of that, particularly for that 4E mindset. Yeah. Absolutely. Five xenomorphs for the Grick, for the 4E Grick specifically. And that is it for this week. I'm going to remind you again, please rate and review us on any podcast option you have. Greatly appreciated. That's how more nerds can learn about us. Please, if you have any of the monster manuals that we have, you can go to effectlessmomes.com and check out the list of all the monster manuals that we have. If you've got any of them and, and you want us to cover a specific monster, let us know. And if you have any monster manuals that are not on that list that you want to suggest, also let us know. Reach out to us, momes at fecklessmomes.com. Greatly appreciated. All the love. We are all big nerds, and we, we, are, we are sharing that nerdy love. Thank you again for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey. Random Encounters is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network.